Good morning. Welcome to our time of worship. For those of you joining us in your home and all over, I'm so glad that you're here today. At this moment in history, our interrelatedness with one another is just so riveting. Have you noticed this? When I first started hearing about this virus that's happening in Wuhan, China, I have to admit, I thought to myself like, oh, that's so sad for them far away. Not anyone is thinking that anymore. I think we all kind of felt that way initially, but right now it is our interconnectedness and how we are navigating that reality that is impacting every aspect of our existence together on this planet as human beings. It actually reminds me a bit of those words from Martin Luther King Jr. in his letter from a Birmingham jail when he said, I am cognizant of the interrelatedness of all communities and states. I cannot sit idly by in Atlanta and not be concerned about what happens in Birmingham. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all of us indirectly. I cannot think of a moment in history where those words resonated more deeply than they do right now. The truth of what MLK was saying is felt by us right now. Like right now, it is our interrelatedness to one another all over the globe that has our attention. It's this being tied together in a single garment of destiny that we just can no longer deny. Of course, like many things, those words have always been true. That whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. But right now we feel them. It has never been more obvious to us than this moment living in a global worldwide pandemic. So here's my question. How do we steward this moment? Right now, we are not thinking of ourselves as all being separate from one another, even across the lines that usually divide us. Right now, we are thinking of ourselves as all in this together. Dr. King was right, and right now we're feeling it. And I can't help but wonder how God might use this very moment, this very season, to shape us not just now, but even for later. Our scripture passage for this morning comes from 1 John 3, where we read these words. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. 
today, we are kicking off a new series and we are simply calling it Love in a Time of Pandemic. And this morning, I want us to look at three things. Tom Hanks, toilet paper, and the ministry of absence. Let's start with Tom Hanks. In tough times, often we go back to the basics. Do you remember that movie Castaway with Tom Hanks? It's a movie where he's a FedEx uh, employee and his plane goes down and he's stranded on a desert island and all of a sudden, he's not thinking about what shirt he's going to wear tomorrow. He's not thinking about what's the next show that's going to stream live. He's concerned about food, water, and shelter. These are the things he has to do to live. And in tough times, that's what happens. Like we go back to the basics. And that is where we are right now in a season of returning to the basics. So here's the question. What are the basics for a follower of God in the way of Jesus? What are the essentials? What are the basics? What is the main thing? What does it mean to be faithful before God in this season of life? If we're going to keep the main thing the main thing, the question then is, what is the main thing? Well, Jesus said it like this. The main thing is to love God with all our hearts and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's the main thing. That's back to the basics. Love in a time of pandemic is what we're calling this series because the essential thing for a follower of Christ to do in this time of COVID-19 is to love. Love always comes with a context, something that gives it definition and gives it shape. So what love looks like today, this year, April 2020, is different than what love might have looked like last year, April 2019. Love always has a context. Love right now might look different than love will look one year from now. The love of a parent for a child is in the context of that relationship and that family that is being created. So all those little moments of relational joy that happen in the life of a family. You think of a mom just having total delight in her child saying the word peschetti. So adorable, so much delight. It would be kind of strange for like a 30-something to think it was adorable for their colleague to be like, should we go get some peschetti at noodles this afternoon? It'd be kind of strange because love happens in a context. Love always comes with a context. And the context for a follower of Christ is always the context of relationship with Christ. So in our passage today, in 1 John 3, we are given the context for love when we read these words. By this we know love, that he, that is Christ, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for others. This is the context of love. The context is Christ's love for us. This is the reason we love each other. The beginning of our love 
is the love God has for us. And that causes us to in turn spread love. In other words, we love because he first loved us. And our love, it's not only started by God, it also has God as its end. It's not just a spiritual sort of love. It is a practical, earthy, physical sort of love. Paul, the Apostle Paul, his great chapter on love in 1 Corinthians 13 makes this point when he says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. In a word, love is unselfish. God's love was unselfish. It was unselfish to the core. Christ willingly laid down his life for us. This is the context for love. Now, in times of plenty, when things are going great, it's not too hard. Like when times are good and we don't expect them to change, it is not too hard to tip well or to drop off a meal to an elderly neighbor that's in need. That's just sort of like a mild inconvenience on the margins of life. But when times are tough, we need to be more thoughtful about the nature of love and the call to love. There are more needs in our world right now. There are more opportunities in our community to love. And in times like this, our love must grow, not shrink. So the question is, how do we love God and others, especially in a stressful time, in a time of pandemic? In his famous book, uh, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis offers this advice regarding how do we love It's very simple yet profound. He just says this, act as if you did love. Act as if you did. Do not sit and try to manufacture feelings. Ask yourself, if I were sure that I loved God, what would I do? When you have found the answer, go and do it. That advice is essentially the same as the golden rule, the words of Jesus, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now, the scriptures always speak about love in this practical manner. It's not an abstract notion. When John speaks of love, it's not like a sentimental emotion that he has in mind. It's something that is intensely practical. Love is not this soft, squishy idea It has a certain certain sort of firmness to it, like it is solid, like it is something you can build upon. Jesus did not love in the abstract. He actually came, actually lived, actually died for humanity. And the concrete nature of God's love was solid enough to actually build a church upon. So when scripture talks about love, it isn't talking about mere sentiment but about real, practical, earthy care for one another. Can we talk about toilet paper? Let's talk about toilet paper. So John says this, If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? 
Now, the Greek language here is very interesting. It reflects this idea of closing up the heart. Or sometimes we might say, like, they just slammed the door in my face. We cannot separate God's love from practical, earthy care for one another. Because we are embodied creatures. So there's no such thing as loving people in just a spiritual sense. To love others requires that we be concerned for their whole being, for their physical well-being as well. So here's the application to that. If you have toilet paper in your house right now and you know that your neighbor does not, like, before God, share the rules, right? That is what this is saying. People have real needs, And love is showing up in practical ways. Some of our real needs right now also include connection. So who could you call? Who could you video chat with? This is love in a time of pandemic. Think about caring for a houseplant. If you're caring for a houseplant, it needs water and sunshine. It needs air. If you're caring for a pet, It needs water and food and shelter. These are earthy things that need earthy care, and human beings are the same. We have real needs, and loving one another is showing up in companionship and conversation and connection, as well as sharing food and water and clothing and shelter when we can. We cannot withhold these things and truly love. You know, during seminary, uh, one of my favorite classes that I took was church history. And one of the required readings for church history was a book called The Rise of Christianity by Rodney Stark. And Rodney Stark is not a follower of Christ, but he researched from uh, a historical and sociological perspective, why was it that this ragtag group of fishermen rose to be this worldwide movement of faith, the rise of Christianity. And one of the chapters in his book documents how the early followers of Christ, how they showed up for one another and cared for their neighbors during times of epidemic. During the third century, a plague arose in Rome and it caused widespread death. And followers of Christ rose to that occasion In fact, the bishop Cyprian was reported to encourage his congregation to exceptional acts of mercy towards all people, and they did. You guys, this is our moment. This is our moment in history. And your face, your face, even through Zoom, even through FaceTime, your face is the only face Christ has on this earth right now. Like we are gathered, scattered. We still are the body of Christ, the manifest presence of the Lord Jesus on the earth today. And so your face is the only face that God has right now to communicate and to spread love in the world. Now, your testimony in a time of pandemic is not that you have no fear. It is that you have a place to take that fear. 
your witness in a time of pandemic is not, it's not that, oh, I do whatever I want with some sort of like a deep-seated American individualism. No. It is that I have received love, so I am able to give love. Your testimony in a time of pandemic is not that you go marching right into the middle of every COVID-19 hotspot, but that you love the people who God has placed in your life. Your face is the only face that Christ has right now on earth. So may you love, and may we see God's love through you. What does that mean? How do we do this? Two things. We seek out opportunities to spread love in practical ways, and we obey the advice of experts. Within our call to care is this responsibility. And it's not, it's just not loving our neighbors to put them into danger. It is not wise to scoff at the advice of experts. We ought to welcome the advice of experts and put the precautions that they suggest into practice. That's not just smart, that's actually scriptural. In Romans 13, we read these words, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Now, right now, that means, like, if you drop off groceries to a friend, wipe them down and maintain social distancing. If you spend time talking with a neighbor you encounter outside, maintain a safe distance, wear a mask, continue to connect via FaceTime, stay six feet apart. This is love in a time of coronavirus. And just lastly, to close, can we talk about absence for a minute? The ministry of absence. I think one of the hardest parts about this particular pandemic is that it feels, it just feels so unloving sometimes to be social distancing, doesn't it? Like I often think of love in the context of physical presence. And so I think about love as hugs and getting together with people for coffee face to face. So this distance, it's hard on us. It feels unloving to be absent from each other physically. But I wonder if there might be an invitation for us even in this. One of the strangest moments in the scriptures is when Jesus is talking to his friends, the disciples, and he's trying to uh, talk to them about his impending death. And then he says these words, and they must have just seemed so strange. Jesus says, it is to your advantage that I go away. At that moment, I'm sure they probably could not have imagined how this could be to their advantage. Like, how could this possibly be true? I mean, to them, the physical presence of Christ right there with them, that had been their greatest good. So how could it be to their advantage for him to go away? And for us today, you know, it's like one of the most confusing parts of this pandemic is the need to practice this social distancing, to go away, to, to basically almost completely withdraw into our homes. 
to refrain from gathering and hugging and sharing bagels and coffee and communion, not doing all that goes against the very, just everything that we know and practice. Canceling gatherings, not being physically present together with one another, these things are excruciatingly difficult. If you're feeling that, you're not alone. In part, it is hard because it feels to us like it is unloving. And that is why this statement from Jesus is so oddly comforting and actually encouraging. Because it points out that there are moments where it is loving to go away. And clearly, this is one of those moments. Like in our current situation... To stay away is an expression of love. It's an expression of love for others. So when Jesus said to his friends, it is to your advantage that I go away, what did he mean by that? Well, Henry Nouwen shed some interesting light when he says this, in Jesus's absence, a new and more intimate presence became available, became possible. A presence which nurtured and sustained and created the desire to see him again. My guess is that once we make it through this crisis, we will never again take for granted getting together, the ability to gather, the privilege of being together. Maybe our desire to be together again will actually nurture in us something new. We know what happened to the disciples after Jesus went away. His spirit came. His spirit came to them in a most dramatic way. Tongues of fire resting on their heads in the upper room. Jesus was physically absent. But they experienced, in his physical absence, a new reality. They experienced the reality of presence in absence. Presence in absence. And so I wonder if this, too, is something God may be wanting to teach us. What it means to be present even when we are absent. I am so inspired by all of you and the ways in which you are connecting with one another via Zoom and FaceTime and all these different tools, the creative ways that you are caring and spreading love right now. It's very inspiring. And as we continue in those efforts, may we also remember and may we grow in a trust that absence can foster a different kind of intimacy and a different kind of presence. And for those of you who are just like really struggling right now, struggling to not be near someone that you love, me too. And as we grieve that, let us not underestimate the power of prayerfully holding those we love in God's presence, even when we can't be physically present. 
Rosemary Doherty said this, in spiritual community, there is a bonding that goes beyond human expectations. At times, the strength of spiritual community lies in the love of people who refrain from getting caught in the trap of trying to fix everything for us, who pray for us and allow us the pain of our wilderness and our wants so that we might become more deeply grounded in God. I know when you love someone and you can't be there, that is hard. And sometimes, let us not forget, sometimes it is good that we go away so that people who we love can actually become more deeply grounded in God rather than being so dependent on us. And like it or not, in this season, by necessity, the balance of absence and presence is going to be tilted a little bit more. It's going to be weighted a little bit more towards the absence. So may we together grow in learning to trust that absence actually can bring gifts of its own that absence actually has some hidden gifts to both us and to the people that we love. Let's pray together as we close. I invite you to pray along with me as Jesus taught us to pray the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.